Failure at 40 challenges the notion of failure and redefines what success looks like to you. Who says if you haven't reached all of your goals by 40 that you are not a success? Failure at 40 interviews, debates and discusses the reality of turning 40 in modern Britain. Welcome to Failure at 40. Welcome to the season finale of Failure at 40. Today, Winnie and I will recap on all our fabulous guests that we've interviewed over the last season, talking about the highlights and what they mean to us. Yay, season one's done. Oh, I know, Winnie. I know. It's been such a good season. Really enjoyed it. And we've been really lucky to have some really, really interesting people join us. So um, I think it's made for a very interesting first season in terms of content and variety and people and struggles and joys. We've had a really good broad variety of different, different stories, which has made it nice. I feel like I've grown a lot through it as well. And obviously we've had like a pandemic, a lockdown. There's been so much things that have been parallel alongside doing this. Um, we've been let out, <laughs> put back in. <laughs> so it, it's weird kind of like, you know, talking to people about things that impact them while we're also currently being impacted. It's really nice how upbeat it's, we've stayed and we'll stayed and the people we've interviewed have been so positive as well. Yeah. And how we, I think we've learned a lot from each other during the process. Because we've all been sharing this similar experience and trying to navigate it ourselves. So um, hearing the guests' take on how they're coping with lockdown has been really helpful. Failure at 40. Failure at 40. So who's resonated with you the most over this season, Shell? Yep, nobody in particular, would I say, has been a favourite or resonated with me more. I found everybody a learning journey um, I found some people funny, some people really like more like teachers, some people who were just great storytellers could really just articulate it. Some of it was really emotional, moving. I can honestly say I've enjoyed absolutely every one of them in, to a different extents. What about yourself, Wynn? Yeah, same. Um, I think everyone brought something really unique and special to the podcast and I... Um, obviously connected with some people more than others just because I felt I had maybe a similar story or similar experiences. Um, but yeah, and, and, and on that, probably Malika um, in terms of connecting with the most. I felt like her story was the most common to me in terms of people that I hang out with and, and my own journey. So it's really nice hearing someone else um, articulate the feelings of so many other women and how they're coping with that expectation that we all either put on ourselves or try and um, reject. I kind of feel like that's something that's quite common for people who are doing quite well in their business or in their careers. Often it can be assumed that they aren't having challenges. And if they are facing challenges, that they're not the very everyday challenges that people who maybe don't have the same income or the same title as others. And I think that's kind of a common assumption, you know, or, or, or you don't know how it feels because you've got money, <laughs> you know, or, or you don't know how it feels because you got a man or you, or you know, or you got this. And actually that's, that's couldn't be further from the truth. So um, 
I definitely really appreciated Malika coming on and being as honest as she was about things because it just gave you a real life backdrop about what goes on for people of all backgrounds, races, ages, wealth, whatever it might be. Yeah, and, and just to hear it from a woman's perspective rather than all the assumptions that are made like, oh, you don't have children because you've been focusing on your career. You're a career woman. That, that's why you're, you're in the position you are. To actually hear someone say, nope, that's the wrong assumption. I've always wanted children. It's just been somewhat easier to focus on career because you just assume that the, the children and the husband and all of that other stuff is going to happen. And Malika's shown a lot of people, actually, it doesn't, it doesn't happen as easy as, as it seems and takes a lot of work, maybe some luck. It was just nice to hear someone else express those same sentiments. People just always just assume that if you are, you know, if they look at your life and go, well, she must be career driven. Do you know how much that grates me? Like to, it, it absolutely grates my soul when people just assume that I've just been career driven from the age of 18. Yeah. And I guess the idea that some of the ideals that we measure ourselves by, especially as women, might not even be created by women. It might be men, you know, and, and obviously there are some other facets where women are trying to keep up the ideals for other women, you know whether they look a certain way, whether they're competing with each other in this way. It's just really about setting those parameters for yourself rather having to kind of like take it from other people. Yeah, really, really enjoyed hers. And I guess because it was our first podcast, um, Malika, it was, it was new to us in lots of ways. Um, the pandemic hadn't taken place yet. You know, yeah. we, were, we were recording in a studio. Yeah. Um, so all of that was new. We were in person, touching people. <laughs> you know trying to get the, the pitching right the sound right yeah. just being quite fresh to it all and um and it was exciting I remember it being really exciting um and just on a new journey and to see where we are now like 10 months later 11 months later wow yeah whoa life has just flashed really quickly and and I guess the podcast is the timeline in many ways you like you're tracking that time yeah. By, the, by the podcast, even though it feels like from January till now, it feels like a blur. Failure at 40. Failure at 40. I really enjoyed Sham Lawrence and her ability to kind of really take us through her journey in, a, in a, raw, a raw and very transparent way. And she also reflected on her growth from the de- throughout the decades um, in a really, a really clear manner which I, I really liked how she, she described her story. Yeah, Sean painted a really interesting picture of what it's like to come from uh, a, a background of strong black women and then find yourself in all these trials and tribulations as you're growing up and how you overcome them. Seeing her leave um, one relationship and move into another and, and, and build this family with, with everything she'd been through before was really inspiring. Just to hear how she overcame rather some of her experiences in life, I was really moved by it. And actually I even shared her story with a friend who it really helped too. So I got a lot from Sean. And that's exactly what I was, I was just gonna talk about the strong black woman bit. I loved how she challenged that narrative that actually we're not all strong black women. Sometimes we've had no choice but to be a strong black woman, but that's not, necessarily who we are and I really like how she articulated that and put that back to the world as in no you know I've never had to be that strong black woman 
but I had to learn how to be that because my situations and circumstance changed. And to be honest, that happens for most women of any background, any culture, but they're not point painted in the light of, uh, yeah, so you're just really strong. You can take anything. As much as I've been raised in a community of strong single women, I have never been a strong single woman. So I had to learn how to do that. I loved how, um, how funny she was as well. Like I think it was unexpected how much jokes she had. And I feel like we really enjoyed her in that way. Yeah, she was a giggle. No, ah, she was. And, and you didn't quite know when the giggles were going to come and they would come hard and fast. And you were like, <laughs> yes. <laughs> and every time I listen back to it, I just hear how much fun we were having. You know? <laughs> yeah. And a lot of it was led by Sham. <laughs> <laughs> and then she'd have you all emotional in the next minute. Isn't it? It's true. It was a real roller coaster. Yeah. <laughs> it was a real roller coaster. It's true. Yeah. Because I guess she was, her art of storytelling was, was so good. Yeah, she's a good storyteller. Failure at 40. Failure at 40. You know, I loved Alex's story. Because um, he's a bit of a hustler, isn't he? He didn't go to uni, but he's just worked really hard at everything he's, he's put his mind to since and, and been really passionate and kind of... And the other thing I liked about Alex was, is that he is a fellow Law of Attraction believer, so I can completely relate to his manifestation um, abilities and, and what he what he's incredibly achieved through those manifestations, like £400,000 a year in sales from, from one of his, I think it was Facebook product. Yeah. Who would imagine? I think he said it was a car, a car light. Like, who would imagine that something that minor would make so much money? And it was just these car door lights. The biggest month um, was, I think I cleared around £120,000 yeah, in the month. And I think the month after that, I did about 80,000. So I think that whole year, with all the other products I sold, I did around 400,000 pounds, which is the most money I've ever made in my life. I guess that just shows how sometimes, you know, you could really be seeking something huge when really it's just something tiny that you need to tweak or something that you need to, it's right underneath your nose almost. Um, yeah, absolutely. I really liked his story. I felt he was very insightful. He was able to really talk about the highs and the lows and where he needed to do work on himself growing up. Yeah. Um, and that he also kind of penned himself to be different when he was growing up. And actually he didn't always fit in the way that the crowd would want him to fit. Yeah. Um, and that kind of made him feel a little bit outcasted. Um, so it's interesting that he used that in a positive way without yeah. feeling like, shut out and he kind of thought well I'm just going to make a way for myself um yeah. I was interested to see how he used those laws of attraction and interested in how he was so willing to share with the listener and to share with us yeah. information so not just his journey but how we too could you know um incorporate things into our own lives and our own futures and for yeah. the listener which um you don't always get everyday um people who want to share how they've done it um, which yeah. is why I think that this podcast has been helpful because most people are sharing so that others can also um, take that and go forward. Yeah, I think, I think one of the, the good things about Alex as well, hearing his story, is that he technically does have that perfect picture. He's got the amazing wife. He talks about the great car that he bought, how well he's doing in his career with his business, a daughter. Um, 
that house that he, he manifested in Surrey via Mitchell. Um, so, but, but, but you, you, you kind of assume that once you've got all of that going on, you must be great. But Alex still has so much more he wants to strive for and want, wants to, to gain. So I'm hearing from someone who has, I guess, not failed, um, but him feeling like he'd failed anyway because there was so many other things he wanted to do was really interesting. So I enjoyed Alex as well. And also he didn't stop at achieving. When he achieved it, he didn't stop there. That wasn't like, okay, because I've got the things that, you know, I dreamed of, doesn't mean that my dream is now complete. You know, I'm now going to try and attain another level of, of pushing myself and fulfillment. And I think that's, that was a really kind of um, good thing to sort of hear. Like, you know, the road doesn't stop because you've acquired what you wanted. It, it still continues, you know? So he even dropped a few gems for, for our listeners as well on how to attain the life they want, um, how he created his and, and gave some advice on how you can create, create yours. So I, I was taking notes there. That was really helpful. Failure at 40. Failure at 40. Marianne Jones. Marianne was very like, she had like just a peaceful energy about her when when we talked and then she'd say if something like i have great sex which is just throw you off and you'll be like um wow me and my husband have the best sex we've been together 10 years and it's like we're like wow who told who said like who, why couldn't anyone tell us that 40s could be like this and i guess that's the whole thing about not judging people and not thinking that because somebody presents this way that that is the the whole picture and, and I think we can do that a lot in this, this, this life, in this society, is make assumptions about people and be so far off the mark. Yeah, I, I particularly enjoyed Marion. I think it's because I felt like I was from a similar background to her and on a, on, on a similar journey where fellow Ghanaian and um, there's certain expectations, but she had kind of fulfilled them by becoming a lawyer, but now she's realised that actually there's a different path that she wants to do and she's just going to get on with it and, and break off from the professional career that she's been nurturing for so long and just embark on this whole journey of being a um, spiritual guide, which I um, actually ended up having a session with her, which was brilliant. I was like um, uh, taken on this amazing journey like of this meditation and talked a lot about things I saw in it. And then she gave me some crystals. I would highly recommend signing up to Marianne's classes because I came away feeling a feeling very at peace but also really um excited and really optimistic about about the future after just like i think it was just like an hour with her so um amazing i guess that's that's, that's a peaceful energy uh, that she's able to depart for others and, and she was so brave in lots of ways wasn't she i guess from pulling away from what culturally you know would have been a very powerful direction to know actually i'm going to be true to myself and my purpose some of my goals, I've achieved something that made me feel better about turning 40. I felt, I felt better about turning 40 because I feel good within myself. Especially at this age as well, when you hit your 40s, a lot of people think that you, you're kind of stuck in that same career and you have to keep ploughing on. But I think we're quite lucky in this generation. We're, we're almost allowed to, to change careers. It's not, not such a big deal anymore. So it's great to see someone doing it and, and doing really well. And 40 is no longer 40, is it? I guess, like 40 isn't what 40 meant to my mum or to my gran, you know? 40 isn't right, you are on your way out. You know, 40 is like, actually, you just come in. 
you know, and if anything, you're in that age of fulfillment. You're about to fulfill the things. You've learned everything through the last couple of three decades, and now you're ready to implement, which is glorious about 40s. Failure 40. Failure at 40. But yeah, in contrast to, to Marianne, we spoke to Sean Smith, who is a similar age, but not finding it so um, easy to find love um, and settle down. So I loved listening to Sean, be really honest about his struggles um, around dating as a man, because I think I've always had the impression that men have it really easy. There are more women than men in the world, and... Um, women are a lot more uh, accessible to men than men are to women and so um, finding a a woman for a man is like a walk in the park whereas I feel like women have it a lot harder and Sean dispelled all of those myths for me um, which is really refreshing and he taught me a few things that I didn't realise didn't realise men even struggled and and apparently they do Uh, especially the good ones let's all of us be real on on this no one wants to die alone (laughs) <laughs> you know, no one wants to get to that point in your life where you're just you on your own. And that is it, isn't it? He's, he's a good one. And, and he wasn't afraid to be that good one. You know, and I, and I think he was one of the ones who didn't feel like he had to be the bravado kind of guy. He's got to be out there acting ridiculous, right, to be eligible. You know, he's just himself. He's happy to be nice. He's happy to, to show you what love looks like to him and, and, and bestow the woman who he thinks, you know, he's interested in. And even just his, his take on, on absent fathers and how open he was about the impact that had on him, you know, and the want to want to be a better man to the woman who's in his life. Like it was all very beautiful to me. Um, I think any woman who runs into a man who has Sean's potential is, is lucky. Very lucky. Um, it, it was, it was really it was really funny to hear him talk about how difficult it is as well in, in this, because um, it made me feel old when he talked about online dating and, and the kind of new world of dating, um, how, how our generation isn't as used to this style of, of finding someone in the, in the way that um, these millennials, I guess, uh, are. So even, even talking about like swiping on pictures and, and, and preferring calls rather than WhatsApp messages. Like that's old talking to someone. Yes, yes, definitely. I, I, I definitely heard the hymn about the, the growing social distancing that's been happening with the phenomenon of the um, technology and the phones and stuff. And actually people were actively distancing themselves by no longer actually having a phone call, no longer actually meeting up in person. Um, and now it's just been put upon us like it's the standard. Failure at Failure at I really, really enjoyed Jessica's conversation. For me, it felt like a really clear, simple, direct talk. You know, she, she was able just to kind of really tell us straight and direct what turning 40 meant to her and who she was in this life. And she was really clear about who she was. She was, there was no confusion. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. She said something about when your heart's not in something, it's hard to manifest it because it's not your true desire. And that really resonated with me um, in terms of, people trying to be something they're not or trying to please other people and being something that other people would like you to be. But actually it doesn't come true for you because it's not what you, where your heart is at. It's not where your head's at. And therefore you cannot translate it in that same way. So I really enjoyed her honesty about that. Um, and she was, she was happy to share that actually I'm me 
and this is what I like about me and that's all that I need to be concerned with. I think when your heart is not in something, it's quite hard to, to manifest it because it's not your true desire. I just love Jessica's enthusiasm. She had so much energy and a real kind of zest for life. Like she was really clear that, that there was so much more to, to, to come having turned 40. Um, it was like, she, I, think, I think she even quoted saying that um, some people think that life's over at 40, but actually she feels like it's, it's just begun in that that was really like exciting to hear that some people get to force and it's like, well, what else is coming up? What, what's next? Rather than, oh my God, I'm at this stage where I haven't achieved everything I want to achieve. Jessica has the complete opposite attitude to that. And it's quite infectious as well because if you hear someone else get excited about a place you're in, you think, well, why can't I get excited about it? What, what am I missing? What, what, what could I do that um, will make me get motivated about all the things I can achieve now I'm 40? Like some people genuinely think like 40 war, you're over the hill now. I'm yeah. like, excuse me, I've still got loads of life left in me. Jessica was just living life and is living life on her own terms. And I just love that she created a life that worked well for herself and her daughter. She didn't allow her life to have to blend around, let's say, a work or a nine to five or something that wasn't going to be in the best interest of her or her child. And I just like that power. And the way she was like, no, I'm not sacrificing what's important to me. Life's going to have to meet me where I'm at. Really, really like that about her. And like you say, the momentum, the energy, the infectiousness of it all was just like, wow. Yeah, this is good. You feel like you want to hang out with Jessica afterwards, don't you? I want to spend more time I mean, we tried to invite her back on and she was yeah, like, come on, like, hold on, hold on. I don't want no fans and I'm not signing no autographs. And we like, but we're really happy to have you back on. <laughs> <laughs> she, she, she definitely did have that about her. And you know, she's that cool, she's that cool kind of, you know, like, what's her name again? Is it Zoe Kravitz? Yes, yeah. Yeah, that kind of yeah. like, I'm just cool. Let's not rush it. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know what you mean. <laughs> and, um, and yeah, I just feel like, you know, we need more creatives like that in the world. There needs to be a good balance, you know, of yes, the driving force kind of people who want to toe the line, but those people who are very clear about what they want and they won't be put into any other boxes. Similarly to Justin Williams, his energy was really infectious as well. Um, Justin cracked me up, made me laugh the whole time. For the whole podcast? For the whole podcast. It was, we were laughing for the whole podcast. Yeah. And, 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 and the little anecdotes he was telling us about where he grew up and the things he used to get up to as a kid. Just, I could just see Justin um, living his whole life that way. Like I, I reckon he's still that 15-year-old boy that, that came from South East London, even now in his 40s. Which is nice, because you're not supposed to grow up, right? You're what, bullied into thinking that when you're an adult, you have to uh, act and behave a certain way, but actually you don't have to at all. And Justin embodies that. I used to just go down there and bust his head, like straight. I'm not even playing, especially the big one. He's just going to bust his head. I said, if your mum has to phone me, yeah, <laughs> if your mum has to phone me, yeah, because you're not behaving, I'm busting your head. So just go down there and bust his head. And I, and I, and I guess because he, he is you know, able to continue to tap into his, his youthful side, you know, children love him, young people love him, you know, anybody with that same sort of energy is going to just gravitate to someone like Justin, you know, and, and he has got this gift and skill, um, as well as just being able to talk 
and really make people laugh, that comfort. Um, and, and I think that's something that we were really blessed to have on the show. Yeah. And then at the same time, drop some really serious gems on building generational wealth and, and the financial choices you make and how they affect you personally, as opposed to how um, uh, you, what you get from people seeing you living a certain way. And, and what that means for your future. Like, like it, it, he was completely right. I think he talks about how um, some people will put themselves in debt to, to live live away from their parents, maybe or in a certain house, just to say they, they don't live at home. But actually, that, that's not helping build a more secure financial future for them. It's so funny. You look at black people, partner to rotted. Standard. Yeah? <laughs> that's a collection of people that might not even like each other that are helping each other financially. Yeah, like his, like his ego is intact, I guess, in lots of ways. Um, and, and he didn't need other people to kind of like validate that for him to have that. Do you, do you know what I mean? And, and I guess that's what makes us people, people, people of essence and people of quality because we are once again defining where we're at without needing validation. Yeah, exactly that. It's, it's good to hear um, black men especially talk about creating generational wealth because that's not something that's common you you kind of uh focusing on today and, and the material things you can get today but you're not really thinking about the future and he even said that he's quite happy with creating a, a future that he's not going to enjoy himself but knows his grandkids are going to enjoy and that's that's like a huge sacrifice and i, I want to hear more more black men talk that way because that's the only way generation of black kids are going to have any kind of financial stability to build their own dreams and hopes on and I guess he had quite well talked about how his experience of racism growing up in the area that he lived and how he had to navigate that so I guess in like further down looking further into the future he's going to be thinking right for my kids not to experience some of the things I've experienced even though maybe the times have changed it still is quite and it's an issue that we're still experiencing I'm going to need to provide some foundation for them to build upon um, and I guess all of that kind of like feeds into how he sees things. Yeah, really enjoyed that. And his, his, his ability to share and the way he could share his information with us. I hope lots of young black men hear that and get, get inspired. Absolutely. I guess that moves us on to Dom Taylor. Dom. I, I, um, I guess when we were speaking at the beginning about resonation and, and who resonated with us, as I said, no one in particular, but Dom definitely had, had somewhere <laughs> somewhere he touched with me and I felt you know what there's so much about Dom that just made me think yeah I, I get you <laughs> you know I re- I'm really feeling you um, particularly when he went um, to Mexico and he kind of just embodied on a journey of facing his fears facing his challenges you know not letting his own kind of things that held him back he didn't allow those to continue to hold him back he just faced them and just walked into it and I, and I really respected that. Hearing Dom's story uh, in terms of being a, a gay black man and, and how that affected his family dynamics and even his family members, another one of his family members again, hearing how, uh, a, 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 I guess, a first-generation Jamaican woman would handle that was fascinating because we, um, we're, I guess we're in a time now where being gay is a lot more acceptable and it's not as um, taboo and people don't hide it as much. So hearing Dom talk about his journey from being uh, a kid in the 80s to, to how he's like 
uh, an adult now and, and still navigating that journey um, is, is quite historical, really, for us in Britain as well, and black men and exploring their masculinity. In, in terms of his mum, I was definitely thinking how much parents can impact us and how we feel and our, our identities as we're growing up. And quite often we won't discuss parents because we don't want to make our parents look or seem um, presented in a way that isn't positive to the outside world. Um, when actually our parents are such a big part of who we become and how the world is shaped through our eyes. So Dominic did so much revealing, so much honest stuff that the average person may not be able to dig down and pull out and and show and talk about. Um, And I feel like he was very strong, um, even though he presents as very like, not soft, but just very carefree. You know, he doesn't sound like, you know, somebody who's, who would be of that sort of ilk, but he really is. Um, he had the quote that he said that he'd built an artificial life and he was hanging out with people who he believed accepted him, you know, who, who, who probably didn't. I suddenly quite learned that it had become, it was, I'd built this artificial life. So it wasn't, it, I wasn't really hanging around with the types of people that I, I know growing up that I want to hang out with. I'm hanging out with people who I believe upset me. And I guess for me, I thought about growing up, you know, and you, especially as a girl in London, a black girl in London, and your friend, you think your friends are your friends, but actually all your friends are chatting about you, <laughs> you know, or, and you believe that they accept you, and actually they don't accept you. And, and it's hard to come to terms with actually your peer group are not for you in the way that you want them to be for you. And in today's society, we find that there's so much young girls who have been bullied, whether it's online bullying, whether it's bullying at school, you know, the, the suicide rates for young people, for people in general, you know, is always rocketing. And we think about things like this where you're not, you want to be accepted, but you're not accepted, you know? And I guess that's, that kind of um, comes back to failure at 40 and this kind of whole thing is having to have certain things to be accepted by a certain age. When actually it shouldn't really matter if people want to accept you or not, as long as you accept yourself, that's the real power. And that, and all the real peace, not even just power, but peace where you're going to find real peace. And I think Dom embodies that. He shows us that you don't need to be accepted by everyone to have a successful life and, and get all your ambitions and, and dreams fulfilled. So yeah, I, I, I hope more young black gay men are, inspired and feel as comfortable in themselves as Dom clearly does. And even for Dom, particularly from, so from the culture, from, you know, from my culture, from West Indian background, you know, being gay has never been something that's been promoted as being um, positive. And I feel like for him to come out in the way that he has and still being able to retain his identity and for it not to create depression in him or any of the things that could happen he, he's tried to overcome you know and still try to stay true to himself and it, for, from my point of view it's commendable and yeah and I just wish more people find find the road of peace that he has who are walking a similar journey failure at 40 failure at 40 so Winnie that's been an absolutely amazing season Thank you so much for doing it with me. I've enjoyed you. I've enjoyed your energy. I celebrate you. 
and um, yeah, can't wait to do more. Yeah, I, I am really proud of us, Shell. I think we've done a lot this season to to cobble this together from the little idea it was to actually then going out and executing it and finding incredible people to speak to every week or every episode and and now like having like this followership and having all these listens who are like proud mama right now yeah absolutely absolutely no definitely it's got to be a marrying of minds and just for us being on the same same page same wavelength same energy same vibe and I think that's come across in our interviews with our guests and um yeah I think we're very blessed and uh yeah long may we reign obviously there's going to be a season two so make sure you come back um and and look out for more episodes from the next season because we're going to bring even more energy even more vibes gems thank you for listening to season one of failure at 40 you can find us on instagram if you'd like to keep in touch we look forward to seeing you for season two Failure at forty. Welcome to failure at forty.